Welcome to the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. Brett Barron's here along with Andy Olson, who was at the game at Welsh Ryan Arena today in Evanston as we are recapping Illinois' 59-56 win over those Wildcats. Andy, it was not a pretty game. Uh, this was a really just poor game to watch. Bad basketball at several points from both teams. What's your biggest assessment from what you saw on the court? Are your eyes bleeding? Are your ears bleeding? How did you take this one in? Uh, because I think for everyone watching on TV, it was, quote-unquote, not ideal. My eyes are bleeding from the bad basketball. My ears are bleeding because the student sections kept yelling air ball anytime Trent Frazier had the ball, which is, of course, because he's the point guard the entire game. So, well, Shrine Arena was, was very loud and, you know, Power to the, the Northwestern fans because they kept giving it to him because he had that air ball right near the end of the first half. So there was an entire 20 minutes where fans were uh, ch- chanting air ball the whole time Trent had it. But I think my biggest takeaway from the whole game, Brett, was, I mean, Kofi Coburn once again showing us that he is probably the player of the year in college basketball. I mean, just what a performance from him, especially coming off the head injury. He didn't show any signs of rust and he wouldn't expect him to show any rust as you know a junior who has been through all these schemes he's played northwestern plenty of times before but just seeing him do it and come out in such a dominant way the, the way that he did uh was so good to see for Alana fans because you know i had my questions coming in like how involved was he going to be how fit was he going to be after taking that week more than a week off not being able to practice he only had one in the tank uh, that was yesterday he was finally cleared today so I'll start with just Kofi and his 22 points because if he doesn't play and I know that they were able to win without him against Michigan State he doesn't play today I don't think Illinois wins the rest of the team was not good enough to, to beat the Wildcats no no other Alana in double figures Kofi leads all scores with 22 points nine rebounds so one off a double double from him and the rest of the team, Andy, just not good, especially to start that second half where he had all the points there. Really, I mean, it was just a poor performance offensively from both teams, really. But, you know, man, just a struggle to watch. And the turnovers certainly hurt Illinois. They had 13 of them, only nine for Northwestern, uh, and a team that really doesn't turn the ball over that much. And the threes weren't going at times for the Illini, who shoot just 28% from three, five for 18, 43% for the game for Illinois. Northwestern shoots just 35%. They were uptick better from three at 33%, but just a struggle to do so many different things. And yet, you take this away, Andy, and it's a game that if you're going to win a Big Ten title, if you're Illinois, these are the types of games you need to win. Yes, you're not going to win every one of them. See also Maryland. But you, you've got to win the majority of them, and you've got to find a way to grind it out when things are not falling offensively, and I feel like that is what they were able to do. Credit Kofi Coburn for that, 10 for 17 from the floor, and, and he had his way for most of it. So that that's what it's going to come down to for me. Yes, we'll talk about the freshmen because they were good at times, yep. but it's it's all Kofi Coburn. And like you said, he is continuing to make his case for Big Ten Player of the Year. Now, missing those games, I think, is going to hurt him. And he's going to need to have some more dominant standout performances. But now he's missed five games this season. And you can see the impact that he has uh, when he's on the court. But you can see it more so, Andy, 
when he's off the court. And yes, you said it. They they missed him against Michigan State. They found a way to get it done, but they just fed the big guy today, and he was able to to really carry this team to victory. There were so many points where it felt like that they really needed a basket. And there, to be fair, there were a lot of those points in the game simply because Illinois was struggling so much offensively. But there were specific specific times where they gave it to Kofi, and he was just able to back down his defender. They had Nance on him sometimes, but there were a few times where they moved away from, from Nance on Kofi, and he just backed down that defender and laid it off the glass, and two points easy. There were a few times, you said, the beginning of the second half where he was just felt like he was scoring every time down the court where he had a couple of and ones as well that were very helpful. It ended up being for Illinois because they needed every point they could get tonight, it turned out, and he was just so, so good and against teams like Northwestern that don't necessarily have an easy answer to guard Kofi. There are teams like Purdue that do have that and others in the Big Ten. But against these teams that you should be beating, it was nice to see them get it done. And it seemed I, – I can't believe I'm saying this as a – I won't say a Northwestern hater, but someone who's definitely not an apologist for the Wildcats – I feel bad for them because it seems like they're always there this Big Ten season, and they've only been able to get it done once against Michigan State. Every other game, they're right in it, and they always blow it right at the very end. I don't know what that is. I was sitting next to someone from Northwestern Media when they were up about five late in the second half, and they said, watch this. It always goes this way. And then it went exactly that way, and Illinois pulled out with the win. So really crazy season for the Wildcats, but I think they've proven that they're gritty, and they may be – a Thursday team that wins on Friday in the Big Ten tournament if you let them hang around too long, I feel like. I agree with that, and it just is what it is for Northwestern. That's why they're a bottom, you know, third, bottom, fourth Big Ten team this year because they are not able to close out games, and that's the difference a lot of times for teams being, you know, mediocre, middling in the league to a lower half team. Andy, you said like if that, that could be the difference between having a few players with talent and then having an entire team with depth like Illinois has at this point. No doubt, yes. And that's a that's a big reason why Illinois was able to get this done today is because of that depth with those freshmen. Andy, you said it felt like Kofi Coburn was on a roll there to start the second half. That's because he was. Nobody scored for Illinois except Kofi for the first almost eight minutes of the second half. Uh, Omar Payne's uh, layup. With 12.05 left in the game, made it 34-33. Northwestern had to lead at that point. Up until then, Kofi had scored every single point for the Illini in the second half, and he played eight straight minutes there. They needed to get him a blow. He didn't check out until 12.54 when Omar came in, left to go. So he played essentially seven straight minutes there, and Illinois missed a whole bunch of shots. Kofi was the only offense they had in that point. And I have it as, what, eight straight points there? Does that sound right? Um, so That's, That sounds about right. I mean, that that's it. You know, I agree with you 100%. Without King Kofi in the lineup, Illinois, there's no way Illinois wins this game today. Let's talk about the freshman because I thought R.J. Melendez provided some really good things. Uh, Brandon Pajimski makes that rainbow three from Kenosha, as Brad Underwood said in his post-game <laughs> press conference. I thought Luke Goody uh, struggled a little bit. Just five minutes for Goody. Early on, you could tell he was a little bit out of sorts. Had two turnovers, two fouls as well. But that's coming off his career-high game against Michigan State. So overall, Andy, how do you assess what Melendez, Pajimski, and Goody were able to do and what they 
were able to bring to the court today because Brad Underwood trusted especially Pajimski and Melendez late in the game. You know, about eight minutes left to go, and those two freshmen were in the game playing for them, giving them valuable minutes. Yeah, those two, specifically Melendez and Pajimski, played such an important role um, in this game. And again, Illinois doesn't win this game without those two guys. Goody didn't have his best day. I mean, we know what he can do, and he's still a freshman. Of course he's still a freshman, and he proved that tonight because uh, of the off game that he had. But, you know, most of the guards did have an off game for Illinois, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that at some point as well. But uh, Melendez coming in early and getting that offensive rebound and then put back what what I thought was huge. And then the dunk after the turnover uh, as well. That was about midway through the first half. Uh, I thought DeMonte Williams looked a little mad at him. Uh, when he was, he turned out he was celebrating with them afterwards. He told us that he, he pushed him a little hard. He felt like after that one, but Melendez got him excited after he threw it down. And then Pajimski was forced to come in because Alfonso Plummer got into some foul trouble and Brad Underwood didn't really have a lot of other options coming off the bench because Grandison was having a bad day as well. Demonte Williams was already out there on the court. He wasn't going to take Trent Frazier out because of his defense. And that's something we'll talk about as well. Uh, and th- th- those are such valuable minutes for those guys to have, not just for the game because they were reasons that they won, but also for the future, getting those guys on the court to them to themselves proving that they can do it on the college court. Because I'm sure it gets frustrating at some points, no matter how good you are, no matter what power, pro- power five program that you're at, to continually not get minutes in games. And I know the freshmen have to sit and I understand these guys aren't ready to be, you know, 10, 15 minutes a game type of guys, but just in your own head, that must be tough only showing it off in practice and then finally getting to do it on the court. That's going to do s- such wonders for them moving forward. And it's going to pay off for Illinois in the long run, because now they have three freshmen who have each had their own game and their own moments to prove that, they can hang in the college game and that kind of depth. And we've talked about it a lot through the past couple of games. That depth is going to be so, so important down the stretch. Melinda has scored four points in his previous four games combined. He had five against St. Francis. His six against Northwestern today ties a season high for him. So a career high six points from him in that sense. So he had a, uh, oh man, nine points in the last six weeks and had four or three games that he didn't score a point in. And he puts up six points today going two or four from the floor. I, I thought he impacted a lot of things, had three rebounds as well. And his length and versatility just offers so much. You get a little nugget of what is to come, I believe, with RJ Melendez and what I believe he can do in the future. And that versatility and length Man, if you mix that with some shot making, that's going to be really dangerous for Melendez. And Pajimski, the same way, you, you see his shooting ability and what he's been able to bring. Pajimski goes two of three from the floor um, for uh, f- uh, five points from him. And so, you know, you add in Pajimski and Melendez is six points and you get 11 of your 59 points from your freshman there. Man, that's a really good mix and some depth that other teams just don't have. And I think that's the biggest thing that Illinois can maximize and use. And now it allows Underwood to trust those guys a little bit more, Andy. I think it, you know, if they need some spot minutes from those guys, I don't fear like, I don't feel like he's going to fear going to his bench. Yeah, and that's going to be super important in this 
stretch coming up where, you know, you'd hope that Andre Curbelo could be back uh, against Wisconsin this upcoming week and hopefully be out of the health and safety protocols. But it doesn't matter if it's Andre Curbelo, if it's Frazier who gets injured. I mean, it feels like the way this Illinois team is cursed that there's something is going to come up and I don't want to put that out into, into the ether and have it happen, but it just feels like something always happens to this team this season and getting those guys minutes so that they can provide in those moments where they need to like today is going to be so important. And that's the difference between uh, losing early in March madness and then going and making a deep run when you have 30 or 11 different guys who can you can put on the floor and know that they've had their moments and aren't going to be afraid of the spotlight and, and those types of moments and getting those freshmen in the past two games their moments I think is going to pay dividends this season if when anything comes up where they need them to step up again all right we've thrown some flowers here Andy that's what the kids say right I've never heard that phrase in my whole life, Brett. Wow. Okay. Well, I thought that's what the kids said. Uh, turns out I have no idea. We've thrown some flowers at the kids. I'm going to say that. Uh, whether the kids say it or not, I don't really care. We've thrown some flowers. Uh, now it's time to look a little bit of a, a heat check, maybe necessarily. Trent Frazier goes 2 for 10, does play all 40 minutes. I thought his defense really carried the weight for the Illini and and carried the freight for them to be able to have the success that they did. What did you make of Trent's defense and his ability to play all 40 minutes, even though he only goes two for six from three and, and scores six points in the game? Yeah, Trent defense, Trent's defense was the most important thing in this game. Boo Booey only had nine points. It was the second time this season he had under 10 points. He did. In 17 of his 18 other games heading into this one, he had had 10 points in 16 of them. He had nine tonight. And that just goes to show, I mean, Trent was so, so important on defense. And even though he was having that tough night on offense, he was still kept on the floor for all 40 minutes because Brian Underwood knew that he wanted him on Bowie to make sure nothing was happening from, from that guard. Uh, you can make what you want with uh, – you know, them leaving Nance open at times. And Demonte Williams certainly came up big down the stretch um, on Nance. Same with Melendez, who was able to play some nice defense there. But Trent able to stop things with Bowie and then make it more difficult where, you know, they have to find some other shot makers. And Barry stepped up at moments as well. You know, I think eventually Trent figured out it wasn't happening on offense for him. I, I know that he took 10 shots, but after that second air ball in which Welsh Ryan arena lost its mind uh, after they were already chanting air ball, it seemed like he kind of started playing more within himself. I was wondering if at moments in the second half, he was trying to make up because the fans were dogging him so much. He was just trying too hard on offense and it wasn't making any of his shots. Eventually they got it more inside to Kofi down the stretch uh, and I'm talking about after where Kofi scored those eight straight points. It seemed like there was the middle of that second half where just nothing was falling for Illinois. They needed to get back to Kofi, and Trent started doing that. They found other ways to score. So credit to him as a facilitator. And, man, I, I don't know what the Naismith watch list was, was thinking when they didn't name him on the defense list. I know that's day-old day news, almost two-day-old news. But, man, I, he showed tonight why he is one of the best defenders in the entire country. 
Yeah, and I think even when his offense struggles, the defense is consistent. That's the thing for me that continues to impress me about Trent Frazier because for so many guys, Andy, when the offense goes, the defense goes as well. And and the consistency from Trent to be able to continue to have uh, the defensive prowess is is what's so impressive. Uh, Demonte Williams, man, more defense from him. His only bucket in the game is that put-back slam that really uh, slammed the door on the game for the Illini, which is the minute and a half left. Made some crucial free throws as well and gets nine rebounds. I know Demonte doesn't care about scoring, and, and Underwood has said that as well, but when you have that guy on the floor, that's just so valuable for what – this team is, and and I think about that defense. If Trent and Demonte decide don't to you know not to come back this year, how different this team would be. Absolutely, I, I can't even fathom what that looked like. I think Kofi also wasn't supposed to come back this season, and, and until very late in the process, where he decided that he wanted to come back for his junior season. So without those three guys, this Illinois team is at best, I would think, middle of the road in the Big Ten. Just. Demonte Williams doing all of the, the dirty work essentially for Illinois. And that's Brad Underwood. I'm sure he realizes has such uh, a unique thing by having that player who doesn't care about scoring, who wants to do the dirty work and did it tonight by getting that offensive rebound, uh, slam dunk, put back. I don't even know what you call that. Uh, but that was such that won them the game. That was the difference. And if he's not on top of that, if he's, you know, say freshman DeMonte or something like that. If he's not the veteran that we know him as the fifth year player now, maybe he's not crashing the boards there. And maybe he's not up there for that opportunity to put that back. So having that veteran mindset between him, between Trent, it shows on the defensive side, which is why two games in a row, Illinois has been able to win by only scoring 50 points. And he is, he's invaluable to this Illinois team. And it's going to matter down the stretch when there are other teams who, you know, we saw against Michigan State, their best player is a freshman, Max Christie, and he's a really good freshman too. But, you know, age matters. I feel like I'm Brad Underwood by relaying this information because he says something along those lines all the time about being old is great in college basketball. And DeMonte and Trent are proving that this season because without them, Illinois it, it, it would be in rough shape. No doubt about it. Alfonso Plummer, two for six in 19 minutes. He was hampered by foul trouble. I thought his fourth foul, Andy, was absolutely atrocious. A call from the refs. I don't know what it felt like there in person, but on TV, the refs just looked so bad in this game. And, and I don't, it's, it's not fair a lot of times to judge that by the TV looks. And obviously the replay helps when you see that. Uh, but man, that fourth foul on Plummer, I, I thought was a really, really bad call uh, from the refs. And Jacob Grandison goes one for six. Really tough stretch here for Grandison. Other than the Maryland game, uh, he has not played very well the last couple of weeks. So from those two guys and from the refs, uh, how do you evaluate what you saw there? <laughs> well, you, you mentioned Plummer's fourth foul being atrocious. And to be honest, I can't remember that foul particularly standing out because it seemed like there were so many calls tonight where the refs just seemed to get it wrong. Uh, there was one that I remember specifically uh, near side in the corner. I, I believe it was Coleman Hawkins who got called on it. And he was beside himself that he got called for that foul. And it felt like so many times when I was panning over to, to get Brad Underwood's reaction after a foul call, he kept pointing up at the video board at the refs and yelling at them because there were so many times where getting that second look, 
you know, Brad was also beside himself that the foul was called. And I'm with you that it's hard to blame the refs because they have a very difficult job and fans certainly don't go easy on them. And they get, they get, you know, the, the short side of the stick very often when it comes from, from fans, not, not very often do you hear the crowd, uh, cheering or, or, or for the refs when they get like a call right or something like that. It's always when they do something wrong, but you know, it's gotta be better. And, and Illinois was un, or Northwestern, I should say was the beneficiary uh, of some of those bad calls tonight. And uh, Kofi, it's always tough with him. And it seems like he's never getting enough calls underneath, but for Plummer and Grandison, you know, you mentioned it. Grandison hasn't had a good game in, in, in a while. And, Plummer certainly was just kind of out of rhythm tonight. Brad Underwood said after the game, and I don't know how much this has to do with getting those shots from the outside, that, you know, because they had two games in a row where they weren't able to use certain sets without Kofi Coburn, that there just wasn't a lot of movement tonight. They, they had trouble finding open shots because they're getting back now into the rhythm of running those sets again that they, they haven't run in a few weeks, you know, without him in practice. So, I don't know how much that has to do with it, but certainly you hope that those guys start finding their stroke again soon because they're very important pieces to what Illinois still wants to achieve this year. Yeah, they're going to need those guys. The fouls went 20-15. to 15. Northwestern called for more, but a lot of those whistles were late, Northwestern fouling. I specifically remember uh, at an early point in the second half, um, late first half, that Northwestern had uh, half as many fouls called against them as Illinois. The fans are always going to be mad about the refs. Look, that is what it is. Kofi gets hacked more than anybody else in the country. They can't call it every single time, but there was a lot of 50-50 calls tonight that I just, man, I, I don't know where those came from. But, you know, it is what it is. It's Escape from Evanston. That's what I'm going to call the pod. Andy, the Escape from Evanston, because they were able to come out and pick up the 59-56 win. Illinois now improves to 15-5 and on the season, 8-2 and in the Big Ten, and they are halfway through. So overall, as we wrap up here, Andy, what's your biggest assessment from what we've seen from the Illini now 10 games in, exactly halfway through the Big Ten schedule? Oh, you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say halfway, Illinois is 8-2. and two. And if you think about where Illinois was coming into conference play, you take away those first two games in December and you go to Christmas break, they're in their COVID pause. You know, Illinois is not sure what to expect at, at Minnesota, a team that had only lost one game up until that point. If you tell fans that, Halfway through, Illinois is going to be 8-2. and two. I'm sure they take that 10 times out of 10. I mean, they have played some ugly games. These last two certainly stick out in the mind, of course. I mean, from recency bias, but though them being particularly a little bit ugly. And you know what? You're going to have some of those games. The way Brad Underwood always describes it as rock fights. And good teams will find ways to win those games. I mean, it's not like any other team in the Big Ten right now is blowing out everyone that they're supposed to. There are certainly teams that are having really good stretches, but even Michigan State has that loss to Northwestern. Wisconsin has some losses as well. So no one is this perfect team at this moment in the Big Ten. And Illinois is not that either. But you got to find ways to win the games in Illinois – found that way to win tonight. They leaned on their preseason All-American. They lean on their high-profile freshmen coming in. And the most important stat is that W in the left-hand column. And Illinois, 
if they keep doing that, they're going to find their way into a deep run into the Big Ten tournament and possibly a deep run into March as well. Figuring out ways to win, that's the biggest thing. And even when it's not pretty, if you can still get that left-hand column to go your way, Andy, like you said, that's the biggest thing. Now we turn the calendar to February, and the schedule gets a whole lot tougher with more games on the road here in the second half and the final 10 games of the regular season for the Illini. And we'll see where they go. It all starts Wednesday with a tough matchup. First place showdown against Wisconsin at State Farm Center. It's an 8 o'clock game. Then you go to Indiana and have Purdue. So we're going to learn a lot more about this team in the next three-game stretch. And they will once again try and battle it out and stay atop the league standings. For Andy Olson, I'm Brett Barons. Thanks so much for listening to the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. We will do it again on Wednesday after the Wisconsin-Illinois game. 